Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by John James Hutchinson yet again, and we will be reviewing the Scottish Cup semi-finals and previewing the upcoming SPL fixtures this weekend. So, so we're going to kick off the show by talking about the first semi-final of the weekend, and that was between Hibs and Aberdeen, and Aberdeen beat Hibs 3-2 to get to the final. John James, you were at the game, tell me mm-hmm. your thoughts. I, th- I, th- I thought the opening 30 minutes was probably the, oh, the best you've, I've seen of Aberdeen this season. I thought that we took the wind out of their sails straight away with a 13 second Adam Rooney opener. Uh, I thought that knocked Hibs right off. I think that threw them right away. I don't think they expected that much intensity right right from the start. What was John McGinn doing? And what was it? What was he thinking? Like that was just like what was the point in that? Like that was just so cocky thinking he can right from kick off take on like four Aberdeen players. Why did he not just pass it to a Hibs player? From what I've been hearing, that that that's been a thing Hibs have done regularly this season, and that McGinn often does that. But McInnes had seen this and clicked onto it and had told Aberdeen players this was going to happen. And maybe he has been doing it all season and been getting away with it against lower standard players, but you're not going to get away with that when you come up against the likes of Graham Shinney or Kenny McLean. It's, it's not going to it's not going to work, and it didn't. And I don't understand that whatsoever. Then Dan McGregor, the effectively horrible, the horrible pass. Yeah, effectively passing the ball, effectively gifting you a goal. To, I mean, I'm not taking yeah. it away. It was a decent finish. It's it was still, a good finish. Still yeah, finished it, but that horrible pass. So the first thirty minutes, Hibs were just. Rotten, they could not do a thing. Then, fair play to Neil Lennon, he took off uh, Fraser Fively and brought on Grant Holt. And Grant mm-hmm. Holt, right after that, um, Hibbs started to it was, play it, much better. It was, a, it, it was a goal that you could see coming as soon as Boyle got, I think he got, he took it past Ryan Jack, I think it was, and then he got into that area of the pitch, and there was just no one there closing him down. And then Ash Taylor gets caught under the ball, and a man of Holt's experience isn't not going to put that in the net. It was like three yards out or something like that. He's not going to miss it. He's it was a right decision it. to make from Lennon because Jason Holt, eh, Jason Holt, sorry, Jason Cummings was isolated up mm. there and then he needed someone alongside him. Then obviously Lennon's seen that, he went right and he get two strikers up mm. top. So he done that, he held off Fivey and then he went in a wee huff sitting on the step. I think but he, I, Fivey, he was struggling. He I was. Think Fivey was a victim of, he was on the yellow card. And, and he was having a, a torrid game at that point as well. I, I think John McGinn was having the worst game. I've, I've, oh, John McGinn, no doubt. John, in my think, opinion, John McGinn was the worst player on the park. He was Lennon, shocking. I think Lennon bottled taking off John McGinn because John McGinn's there, apparently their superstar. And I think... Because I, I think 5 got booked for the challenge on McLean that led to Christie's goal. And no, at that time in the game, no other Hibs player was making any challenges like that. And 5 was the one that had to make that challenge because I think it was you know, Lewis Stevenson... Lewis Stevenson got caught uh, too far ahead of play and then Five had to come across and cover him. But I, I felt I actually felt quite sympathetic towards Five for having to come off that early in a Scottish Cup semi final. But and he showed he wasn't happy with it. I, I think Lennon could have handled it better as well. Because when he came off he didn't didn't offer any sort of That's the type of character didn't, Lennon didn't is. Didn't offer any sort of comment to Five, just you were saying off the pod that Lennon needs to like not Fivey needs like a manager to put his arm around him, mm-hmm. but Lennon's like the total opposite I, from that. I, I he wouldn't you, do that. <laughs> you watch it back and you see what actually happened. Fivey walks off and I think it's the assistant manager tries to hand Fivey the coat, and Fivey's having none of it. Fivey's like, nah, I just don't want that. And I think I think what Lennon should have done was explained that he why he was coming off it wasn't to do with his. He probably and done that at half time, but he should have done that. He should have done it at the time. Because you've seen him sitting on the stairs at Hamden. It's like 
you can see that he's visibly upset by you coming off this early in a, a Of course, I think Lennon wants them to be like that. I think he'd be annoyed if he gave the fit, like he was coming off and he gave the Hibs fans a wee applause and he was quite faint. Yeah, come I think he's seen it in his yeah. five, he didn't understand that either. I think, I think the manager shouldn't be questioned, but at the same time, if you're taking someone off after, I think it was 30 something minutes, and it's like, give him at least a bit of an explanation as to why he's come. Like, even if he's just walking past to say something like, it wasn't your fault, and then let him walk past then, so he doesn't feel like he's. The vi- like he's the the cause of them being two 0 down because he wasn't he he was not the cause for but he was game. having a poor game he was having a he was having a poor game but as I said I think those players had much worse than him. in the first fifty minutes their passing was sloppy and they just they the couldn't intensity, do anything the intensity that Aberdeen played at for the opening half an hour I don't think Hibs had experienced this season I think mean, you've seen it from Aberdeen this season that when we dis- when, when Aberdeen decide we're gonna close a team down we do it with ve- very high intensity see when I seen the the Hibs team I was thinking. Honestly, at the time, I was thinking, so why are they not playing? Well, I was thinking, why not? Like, playing I, two up top. I think the... I think and the, that proved to, obviously, like, that didn't work out because see Jason Cummings, mm-hmm. even throughout the game, even Grant Hill came on, Jason Cummings was non-existent. I he think, had a terrible game. I think what they were trying to be was having, having Bartley sitting in that position that he was sitting in rather than having Shinny play. Bartley had a good game, I thought. Bartley was there... Along with Dylan McGeoch before was, he had to come off. He was there to break up the play and it didn't work in the first 30 minutes but then as the game went on, Bartley started to started to come into the game a lot more and started to dictate how how long Aberdeen were allowed on the ball. But bringing Holt on was right, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it had to be done. I'm not. I'm still not convinced Fivey was the right sub to make. I don't think Fivey was the worst player that they had on that part. John McGinn overall, was, as I just said, I mean, he was the worst player. I mean, John McGinn had a poor 90 minutes, never but, mind a poor 30 But fair play to Hibs in the second half, they, they kicked on, they brought it back, and Dylan McGeoch scored a terrific goal. Mm. So we did, and Dylan McGeoch, he was really effective, and then he had to come off due to injury. Yeah. So he did, and then going on to Aberdeen, um, Ryan Jack had a great game. Graham Shinney had a great game. Johnny Hayes has got bags of pace. Big fan of Johnny Hayes. And um, what did so overall? Who do you think was uh, Aberdeen's best player? I think today? I think he'll go with Shinney. I think Shinney got man of the match, and I think I don't. I wouldn't have any problems with Shinney getting man of the match. I felt as though Ryan Jack was just passing the ball well, so well. He well, was just like he Ryan Jack was really really impressive. I think exactly. t- the tenacious the, the the tenacious attitude of Shinney contributed largely to Aberdeen winning that game because McLean and Jack are all they're both got technical ability, but Shinney's got the they they what they lack is what Shinny has and that's the ability to f- to fly into someone and win the ball not not give away silly free kicks. So so if you're Ryan Jack, it's out of contract in the summer, and he's been like the Rangers. Could you see I it think, happening? Uh, I don't I don't see that happening at all. Well, he got asked about it and then he, all he said well he didn't deny it. He just went well I'm just focused on uh, Aberdeen just well, now. No. Just focused on the big game Derek against McKinnis, us. Derek McKinnis said that when the news the news first broke. He called. He called Ryan Jack in, and it was basically they were talking about it. And Jack said he had no intention. He had no interest in going to Rangers. And but why can why did not say come out and say that in the press? Because Aberdeen put when I think Aberdeen players. He could have just said I'm not got any interest in coming Aberdeen going to Rangers. Been, Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Aberdeen. Well, Aberdeen players have been very well versed in what to say to the media. They know not to to say not to to fuel fuel the fire. But then again, though, I noticed that he, that he didn't actually come out and say that he was. Oh, I'm really happy at Aberdeen. I'm not, I'm going nowhere. He also said a couple of months back that he wasn't actually, he hadn't even ruled out staying at our But if he was really happy, why is he not saying a new deal? Because at the end of it, uh, a few months ago, he already said that he wanted to play in England. He, him and Shinny both said this, they both, they both want to play in England. Shinny at the time said he doesn't he doesn't see his future anywhere else away from Aberdeen at this point. 
Jack said he wants to test himself uh, in England eventually, but in Jack's good enough to go to England, and I don't. Yes, but see, but then again, though, see, I don't really buy the argument. Like, see, if he wasn't interested in going to Rangers, I think he would have came out and said that in the media. But we we'll just need to wait to see in the summer, see what will happen, and if Steve signs a new deal or not. Be interested, but put it this way, I would take Ryan Jack at Rangers. I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him staying in Scotland if he leaves. He'll go to England. So, moving on to second half, well, that's what I'm talking about. But going more in depth in the second half, um, overall I thought it was a fairly even game in the second half, and then I think it was. Who's got the stroke of luck? It was a very. And I, I do feel sorry for Dan McGregor. I do. Like it was so unfortunate. That's like the worst possible way to lose a semi final through that just a wicked deflection. And I don't even think that it's even he's hit that. I don't think that was even going in. It was just like hit off Dan McGregor. Then I think I would have been a victim over the years of some horrible decisions and some horrible strokes of luck in in the semi finals. And I think it was about time that Aberdeen got that little bit of luck when it came to them finally making the final. But Hibs were probably the better team for larger parts of the second half, but Aberdeen weathered the storm. Aberdeen didn't. Well, they conceded that second goal, which brought it to two each, and then I think Hibs were they were trying to push, but Aberdeen were just closing up shop. And McInnes, McInnes made a substitution which led to their their second goal when they brought on three centre backs, and he saw that wasn't working, and they made the change and they brought on McGinn for Reynolds, and we went back to four at the back, and obviously now McGinn's a threat on his day any day of the week. And I think that then changed Hibbs' mentality of they now got to worry about and then we got to worry about Johnny Hayes, McGinn, McLean now all back into the normal front three with Rooney in front of them obviously. Right, over, um, I don't think Aberdeen didn't blow me away, right? I didn't think Aberdeen were um, unbelievable in the day, but they done enough to get to the final. And a semi final is not about how they how got the result. They, they, like see, Aberdeen were the better team overall in the day and they deserve to go through. But I seen Hibbs. Uh, uh, Neil Lennon, sorry, after the game, saying, "Oh, Hibs were the better team." I mean, like, and I'm like, "No, uh, Aberdeen were the better team. They deserve to go through. They've done enough I to think go through." Aberdeen showed that they can. We can struggle. We can still be struggling in a game where we, the the momentum's clearly shifted, and we can still keep the game finely balanced, where we will not concede or we won't. We're not going to give away a needless goal, and I think we showed. We went back to that to show that we could hold Hibs. And then we took our chance when we got it, fair enough, there was a bit of a stroke of luck. But I would say, I would argue, like, all three goals were due to mistakes from him. The second goal, the second goal, right, I thought, I actually think it was total incompetence from giving, the Hibs goalkeeper. I'm giving Ryan Christie the absolute benefit of the doubt when it comes to, he's put that, he know he knows where he meant to put that ball. And I think he's... But the goalkeeper should have saved that. I think he's clocked that Dylan McGee was going to break that wall as well. And... As soon as the wall broke, he put it right through the gap of the wall and put it into the bottom corner. The goalkeeper should have done better. The, the goalkeeper should have done better, but I'm not taking away from the fact that no one expected Christie to go there, and he saw it and he went for it and he's got the goal. I don't think that's. I don't think you can criticise. I think yes, there there is some blame to be with the goalkeeper. I think the majority of the blame needs to be with the goalkeeper. But at some point, <laughs> Dylan McGee shouldn't be breaking that wall. Dylan McGee was too focused on looking at Logan, to thinking the ball was going to go short, and then Christie's. Took the opportunity. Right, this has been terrific for you. Like I would see if I was there at McInnes, I would do everything in my power to try and keep him at Pataudry. I would I would mo- I'd be more than happy to see Christie stay at Pataudry. I'm gutted that he's gonna miss the the final, but we obviously get on to why he'll miss the final, but I'm I'm quite gutted for Christie. I think Christie deserved to be part of a the event mm-hmm. that will be happening at the end of the season. Yeah, but overall the peace Aberdeen were not 
unbelievable, but they better than Hibs. They were much better than Hibs on the day. And what do you make of Neil Lennon's comments after the game? He's he see Neil Lennon. He does not hold back. <laughs> saying it, he said it was a pathetic performance. Said it was not good enough. What did you take of it? I think he was being a bit harsh. If I'm being honest, I think I think Hibs were going into that game knowing they were playing the the team that was second in the league, runners up in the league cup. So the only team the, the only team that currently domestically has wiped the floor while we're in is Celtic, and. I think he was being a bit harsh considering the opposition they were playing and I don't think that's the right attitude to what you're saying to your players I mean Hibs off the back of a relatively decent season and they've just lost a semi-final they got, they're defending their cup and they got to the last four and they've lost to a better team and I think see Lennon Lennon's wild that way because he was at Celtic mm, he's just he, the one yeah he just wants to win and he's just that he's a born winner you know Lennon so he, was, he even said after he was like that's not good enough like, I'm not a runner-up. I don't want to be a loser. Like, I'm just going to say how it is. But I think Lennon needs to watch if he continues with these, like he could he's have, caught these kind of comments and just not holding back. Could, yeah, then he could end up losing the dressing room. And then see once you lose the dressing room, there's that's it. It's done once you lose the, the players. So I think it was in complete contrast to what Dennis McInnes is. Dennis McInnes was. He was saying, I always like he his whole mentality this whole season been like we know what my players are capable of, and he's always been open towards his players like knowing that they've got bags of ability and what they can do, and then you've got Lennon that's like McInnes has never openly came out and been like oh that was, like this was pathetic, he's gave he's gave Alwardin a good strong statement after like the only game I can really imagine where that I can see where McInnes came out and scathed the players was after the League Cup final against Celtic, and even at that. It wasn't Colin Aberdeen players pathetic like what Neil Lennon was. Yeah, so Aberdeen through the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was completely deserved. And before we move on to the horror show that was uh, the semi-final on Sunday, uh, before we move on to that, um, I need to ask you, um, what do you make of Neil Lennon's comments about Hibs second best team in the land? I mean, he's saying that to the, to the Hibs fans to try and get them back on board for the rest of the season. Well, if Neil Lennon was with me right now I'll ask him so Neil <laughs> based on right your comments there right how are Hibs the second best team based on what explain to me how Hibs are the second best team in the land I don't get it really I don't, I don't think it. there's any basis for him to say that there's none none whatsoever what because they beat Hearts and, H- and Hearts are a very poor side I'm still standing by I think Hibs probably based on the squad they've got right now would still be a top four side in the Premier League but I'm not sure they would be... Same best team, they would not. They would not That's be in the nonsense. top two. That's nonsense. So moving on to the second Scottish Cup semi-final of the weekend. And that was between Rangers and Celtic. And for this special occasion, um, it's excuse my language. <laughs> excuse my language after watching this fucking horror show. Um, where, do, where do I start with this? Where do I start? Right, right. first of all, Pedro Casina got his system, the team selection, the tactics, all horribly wrong. It was a spineless, <laughs> pathetic performance from Rangers. I genuinely felt more gutted and deflated after this game than I did when Celtic Hostels 5-1. Um, when I, as soon as I seen the team sheet instantly in my gut I was like we're losing today well, what, we're losing today but what's the difference between that team and the team that was playing all those other weeks that had shown up improvement well, that, well 
I think, fair enough, the formation, I think the going back to the 4 3 3 is it's the formation that clearly it's a 4 3 3 it's a system the players the, yeah. the, they, the players that were playing are pretty much need enough the exact same players that have been playing the last I don't get it I don't get weeks. it I don't. The, the, the weeks that all these Rangers fans have been saying oh, such improvement it's the same squad I've not so I've, I haven't really been saying I mean, there's been much improvement I mean, but in, in the world of Rangers I think people have been saying there has been improvement uh, well, put it apart, from, apart from the the Malo game, see the majority of those Rangers players. They, no, pretty much, pretty much the whole squad. Up, is it apart from like about four players? They're not Rangers class. They have not got the mentality to play for Rangers. See that performance. That is those players haven't got that mentality what it, for what it takes to play for Rangers to wear that jersey, because it was just such a spineless, gutless performance. I it was, and I don't know where to start. Uh, cut you off there, but I just don't know where to start with this. We showed Celtic. Far too much respect. Our players looked frightened at the occasion. Like, this is what it was. We ha- just had to turn up for one game. One fucking game. Right? That was it. One game. And the players couldn't even do that. Like, where were... Like, see the players that uh, turned up for Parkhead and we managed to get a point, a well-earned point at that. And I actually thought if we took our chances, Mark Marcon, if he took his chances, we could have went on and won that game. I genuinely believe that. But I don't know where this performance came from. Because... Last uh, two or three weeks we've been in decent form, and then we get this horror show. See, <laughs> the only comparison I can draw with the way that the range, well, the way that Rangers played at the start of the game was you always know in the first, the first, I'd even go as far as to say the first thirty minutes against Celtic is a big thirty minutes. If you can get through the first thirty minutes without conceding a goal. Then you can build on that, take it and take. Try you've and done get, that many, First thirty minutes were terrific. Then to, I think. M- Every fan in Scotland will probably say, if you can survive the opening 30 minutes against Celtic, you can probably make a game of it. But the only comparison I can draw is Celtic did, this is going back to the Alden v Rangers game at Petaudry a few weeks back. If Alden scored early on, do you think Rangers would have showed the similar sort of... Fight back, fight. I'm not, I'm not saying that Rangers haven't improved in the recent weeks, but do you not think the cracks have always been there? That Rangers just haven't conceded that early goal? Because that the defending from yeah, it's, if we can see Delhi, that's def- when that, that, defend- that will set the tone for the rest of the game. That defending from McGregor's goal, who was on him? Like who who is causing him down? Yeah, exactly. See, when I seen it, right when the ball went to Dembele, I was thinking, I'm right, there's t- no, yeah, because there was nobody on I'm him. Not taking away that yeah, it was a great touch, it was a good finish, but nobody was on Dembele, and I was thinking, is he offside? <laughs> then I was like, because nobody's on him. I'm like, what is? No, I was like, onside. what? He's onside by a country. Yeah, no, because even I said, no, the reason I thought, yeah, it was to- 100% onside, but when I seen it, I was thinking, is he offside? Because only because of the fact that nobody was on him. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Then the ball goes to McGregor. It was a good finish, it was. And I'm like, when they scored, I was like, oh, here we go. I can't, I can't help but feel that this maybe shows that if Rangers had conceded early in those games previously, that. Pedro Kenya might have been able to see that Rangers had this in them to to just collapse yeah. the way they did. I it's don't like, understand. Yeah, it's it, Rangers getting at one 0 Quite frankly, was there was still a chance. Well, it, it was it was still a chance, but it was undoubtedly lucky because I think Celtic just seemed Celtic Celtic seemed to Celtic sense, dominate those in Celtic, every area of the park. Celtic seemed to sense that Rangers were not up to it at all, and. We stood off them. We let them play their game. It was like the Celtic, the Rangers players were sitting watching them. Like, oh look at this great football! After you seen the open, the opening five minutes, I think Rangers fans must have felt there was still that Rangers were going to play with a bit of heart because you see, fair enough. It's that tackle from Andy Halliday. Yeah, it was a red card. It's the opening couple of minutes, and when that's happened, Rangers fans must be thinking, 
oh, we're going to go into, we're going to, we're going to get into Celtic here today. And then, I don't recall, probably apart from Beerman where he got uh, yellow carded. After that challenge, I don't think there was any other challenge that... I would resent the young boys from criticism because they didn't, they didn't have a great game but they didn't really have a, a horror show. They didn't have a, a terrible they game were, they compared were out, to the other they boys. They were out their element, I think. They were, against, yeah. they were coming up against players that... First on fun game. Was, I think Roberts had a, f- had a field day against... They didn't them. hide... Like, they didn't hide like guys like Joe Garner did and I'll come on to Joe Garner in a minute <laughs> oh my god Joe Garner is you've got to take horrible your you've got to take your chances against Celtic and I think Rangers had a snapshot I've seen the second half in the second half right Miller was Miller he was best player in the park for us right Miller wasn't great either but he was just running constantly not hiding being a leader for, for what she is a, a class act he had a chance Gordon saved it then Wycon. Diving header should have buried that. Not even a target. Way over the bar. What what, what do you make of the penalty? It was a the penalty. It was a, it was a penalty. It, yeah, it was hundred um, percent. In my opinion, I don't think Tavenier, I don't think there was any need for Tavenier to lunge in the he way he did. Away, he was going away from goal. Yeah, there was no need for Tavenier to lunge in like that. And then the start of the second half, first five minutes, we started quite brightly. I thought, and making then the there two, still was a glimmer of hope. Making and the then two substitutions. Soon, yeah. Making the two substitutions, Rangers fans must yes. have thought. This is going to be it. We're going to change. And I'll, I'll give it. I'll give him his credit. I think Joe uh, Dodo. Joe Dodo. Yes. Actually, didn't do the worst. I mean, he, he was a bit. He was direct. I like Dodo. He was direct. I like. Yeah, because see but the thing is with Joe Dodo, he's not been given a fair chance. But I think Ranger, the Rangers fans' criticism of Barry McKay sums up how he actually played in the second half. I don't think he looked interested. I don't think he came on and he just thought, "I'm just going to put in my forty-five minute cameo." And McKay was McKay was poor, but. The two worst players in the park were hauled off at half time, quite rightly so, right, quite rightly so. Um, Andy Haldy, um, the next time I hope to see Andy Haldy win a Rangers jersey is uh, when he's in the stands with the Rangers fans because that's exactly where that boy belongs. Andy Haldy is crap, he is not Rangers class, and I hate this argument, oh he's a Rangers fan, he's one of us. Here, I'm a Rangers fan, right, does that mean I should be playing for Rangers, right, if I was playing for Rangers I'll be trying my heart out, but does that mean I should play for Rangers? No, it doesn't. I hate that argument, it's so fucking redundant. As Haldy is pish, right? Joe Gardner, the whole highlight, his highlight of his time at Rangers is a song. A fucking song. <laughs> a song. Gardner is pish. And there's still, there's still some Rangers fans out there that defend him. He's crap. Where was he in the game, right? In uh, Sunday. Fair, right, Wycon, right? Fair play to Wycon, right? He had, a, he had a poor game, but see, Wycon, fair play to him, he didn't hide. Joe Gardner had. Gardner's crap. And I hope he's bending the summer along with Halliday. Really do. Um, but going on to Wycon though, I think he gets a lot of criti- uh, a lot of criticism, right? Sometimes I think it's fair. I think but I the boy, like, technically, I've said before, the boy technically is talented. It's just, he's finishing that lets him down. I think the criticism of Wycon was very well deserved though, because... Yeah, I can, yeah, of course there I agree. some opportunities where he, he could have got Rangers back into that game. Yeah, even in the, granted in the one each game of Parkhead, we could have won that, he missed two setters. But why, see, people said Wycon is just horrible, he's got he's just terrible and such and such. I think that's a bit unfair because the boy has got some sort of talent, he is. Like, and we got him for 200 grand, right? And I think we've had a pretty decent return on Wycon. Scored 30 plus goals last year. In, he's a top goal scorer this season, which, which is I quite think, surprising. Which, which I think is madness. That, yes, that I know. Based, see if you just. We watched, think it's Kenny if, Miller, you, yeah. if you watched him at the weekend and then said when he ran it out the touchline and be like, "That's that's Rangers' top goal scorer," I think you'd have a hard time yeah. convincing anyone. But why well, didn't hide? He didn't hide. I think the issue that Rangers had wasn't just that the players weren't performing. I don't think the players knew what their job was. 
I mean, this is, I think, the front three that was going in, I think, Wycon, Miller, and Garner. I, that, that bemused me, like, because there's no real pace up there. Wycon's not the fastest, Garner's yeah, no fast, I Miller's no fast. I don't, I, you've seen them interchanging and you've seen them swapping positions, which is fine, because there's plenty of teams in Scotland and England that do that. The examples are Celtic, Aberdeen, Hart, even Hearts to a certain extent. They all swap, their strikers rotate and it's, it, keeps, it keeps the defence on their toes, but they weren't doing anything. Like they were rotating and they were just they were just moving. Yeah, it was it weird. Wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I know. And then the midfield, it seemed like I, the midfield just too think, light. I, far I too think, light. I think you're setting yourself up for a real doing if you put three in midfield against Celtic, and especially. You know, like, oh, sorry, to cut you off, but remember when we tell you last time we played four three three against Celtic? The five one game. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't see how Pedro Quinho must have done must have he will have done research. I don't see how you can look at that formation and think that will work against Celtic in a, Scot- in a Scottish Cup semi-final when they're going for the treble I don't see how you think that that's going to work because the last two weeks I've played a 4-4-2 four, four, yeah last two weeks right 4-4-2 four, four, and then I'm thinking well, last few weeks 4-4-2 four, four, it's going well and then I'm like why change something that's not broken like look at like not, we played 4-4-2 four, four, against you and it it worked it did good beat you now right even though granted it was uh, Throughout the whole game, it was it, like we didn't hammer you, but but the last twenty minutes was a freak show. But left with three points for a four four two formation. And then he, he caught against Celtic, biggest game of the season. I mean, line up four three three, and I'm like, no, like why? I cannot wrap my head around that. But that first half was the worst I've seen us probably this season. And then the second half, um, Celtic were just toying with us. Effectively, they were toying with us. And then the last fifteen minutes, there was. We created that like two or three chances, but it was not enough. It was not enough, and it was it was really it was a real deflating game. And I don't I don't think the Rangers players looked interested. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say they looked. Uh, no, I wouldn't say I that. Think, I think you had. I wouldn't say they, they didn't look interested. In one time, I thought I think they were they were terrified of the occasion. They were too nervous. They were frightened. They were scared of Celtic. That's what I think it was. I wouldn't say they weren't interested, the but I would players, say they looked terrified. The only players looking at a game that I think you you can give them a pass. Because of just I I think is uh, Bates because he's a young younger player Beerman because he's a younger player Fodringham because it could have easily been more if Fodringham wasn't. I like Fodringham a lot. And then I'd but, probably say Miller because Miller looked like the one that that was still making those runs at two 0 and was still trying to get in behind it like that at this that time. Even though the ball wasn't coming, but I think all round is a horrible display. I think. It did not feel like Rangers were up for that occasion at no, all. Not at all. Not at all. And then a couple of wee things on Pedro Casinha. Um, during the game, right, it was two 0 Uh, put a wee tweet up about this. During the game, two 0 right, right, we're playing crap. Then the camera goes to Casinha standing there, hands in his pockets, was utterly clueless. And I'm like, come on, show a bit like, of fight. I feel like if Warburton had done that, then if War if Warburton was still in charge and he had done that in a semi final in the Scottish Cup against Celtic. He'd be hung out to dry. And but I don't think Warburton after the game though we're coming to this, right? <laughs> after the game, right, this infuriated me so much. I was in the pub screaming like, what the fuck is this? Cassinia and Brendan Rogers, we handshake, then a wee laugh, we cuddle, we joke. Like, really? Th- th- really? That was just I was seeing it, it that that is shocking. You should not be doing that. Normally I would have sorry to cut you off, but of course a wee handshake of course that's what you should do but not a wee laugh a wee joke after losing to our biggest rivals in our normally, biggest game of the season normally I wouldn't comment on ma- managers like at the, end of the, at the end of the game doing that because it's, it's usually it's oh, taken for granted it's, yeah. it's usually taken for granted they'll come over they'll shake hands they might hug they might, and then that's it 
but not between two old firm managers. That's I, no. I seen it at the weekend with Derek McInnes and Neil Lennon. I've said this to. There's no real rivalry I've, between those two clubs. I've, I've said it previously. Derek and Neil Lennon and Derek McInnes came over. All they done was handshake. We we embrace. We whisper and walked away. And then if you watched uh, Kahina and uh, Rogers. Brendan Rodgers, they seemed like old pals. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't even see that in the other semi final because the other two managers knew the occasion. But I, I, if, if, if I would be, if I was a Rangers fan or a Celtic fan, I wouldn't be happy with that. Totally unacceptable. It was totally unacceptable because you'll never see Rangers manager that passed the great Rangers managers like. Well, what Smith, Alex McLeish, etc. Doing that like, ha ha ha, you're alright, you're Brendan, best of luck, Brendan. We joke, no. Do you think Brendan Rodgers right after the game would be like, we laugh, we joke, no. No chance. I think, I think Rangers, I think what the most, the, the anger mostly comes from, this was Rangers, it was it was Rangers' last chance at Silverware this season. Yeah. And they wanted to, a more of a fight and then to see the manager then just concede to Brendan Rodgers at the end the way he did. I mean, that equally. Yeah. I think if Rangers had won and then they'd done that I don't think Rangers fans would have mind nope. but because of considering how bad we played considering the occasion considering this is, uh, this is like we're coming up against our biggest rivals in a semi-final and he does a wee joke at the end of it after we just got humiliated off Celtic it's just no on but um, overall it was just a miserable display from Rangers and that is I'm going to say it now that is the worst we've played this season. We were just spineless. <coughs> Pardon me, spineless, gutless, pathetic, as Neil Lennon says. Then a wee quote from him, but that we were, we were just embarrassing. And we had a player of the year night um, later on that night, so we did. But I don't think that was the best time to have that I've kind of a, event. I've seen a few Hibs had theirs. Hibs had theirs either that night or the next day as well. Yeah, I, th- I don't think. Of course, I'm not going to grudge the players, so I'm not going to criticise them for that, because it wasn't them that booked it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to criticise them at all. It was a very odd time. Yeah, it, all I think was it was a very odd time to have your player of the year I wouldn't have, award. I wouldn't have commented on it if it was a team that weren't playing in the semi-finals that weekend, but team, two teams that were playing in the semi-finals, the Farmer didn't have their player of the years that night, like Celtic and, and Aberdeen both didn't have their player of the years that night. The fans are still voting on their player of the years at those two clubs, so... Mm-hmm. I think it was an odd time. Uh, so fair play to Kenny Miller. He got Rangers Player of the Year as he should have, and he's been off the new contract, which is <laughs> tremendous news, because he's just been terrific for his all season, um, and he's just a real class, a real leader. What I would do, right? Would you keep uh, the armband on? On Kenny Miller. Mm. Yes. Or would you want another sign then to be there? Kenny Miller. I would give it to Kenny Miller. Even if you got another sentiment that was. Yes, I would give it Kenny Miller. Even if he's not going to be playing week in week out, I would still I would still make Kenny Miller the captain of our club. I love Lee Wallace a bit, right? But Lee Wallace is not a leader. He's not. He's a. He's loyal. I love Lee Wallace. He's a good player, but he's not a Rangers captain. He's not, unfortunately. But Kenny Miller getting a new deal. Um, and if he's there next season, give him the armband. I really, really would. Because Miller's just. I just cannot stop raving about Kenny Miller. Lovely guy. Love him. So um, we're going to move on. So we will to the SPL fixtures for this uh, upcoming weekend. So Inverness versus Ross County, the Highland Derby this Friday, John James, massive one for Inverness. If they lose, that's it. Richie Foran came out and said this is the biggest game of his career. And so what do you think? I How can Inver- you see this one going? Inverness need the three points. I mean, of course they do. This will be if what what Malpass has done since he's been in. Now he's obviously been working with uh, Richie Foran. I mean, the players. I think the Inverness players are going to get the point that they need to win. And I think the Ross County players are going to get the point that we could need enough relegate Inverness if we beat them here. And yes. it's probably the biggest Highland derby since they've been in the Premier League. 
For Inverness, that is. For, for Inverness, because obviously Ross County have been in the, the top six. I would say if, so if Inverness failed to beat Ross County, that's it. I already think it's done dusty just now, but I think they this will just they officially confirm it. They give themselves a little bit of hope. if they Because it's, it's five points. If they can beat County and Hamilton don't... If Hamilton lose... No, if Dundee lose, sorry. Then it's down to two. It's doable. It's doable in the last four games. But Yeah, but if Inverness win... Eh, no, sorry. If Inverness lose and Dundee win... Mm. Inverness have got to look at it from the point of view that if they don't win Inverness can't look at anyone else Inverness need to look at themselves if they don't win then they're down pretty much if, if they just need to concentrate on getting the three points what they've not done all season but no. count, County or looking from a different perspective of County need to win to make sure they're nowhere near that yeah. relegation I, spot or relegation playoff it's on BT Sport am I right? yeah on a Friday night yeah. Friday night football oh Highland Derby <laughs> Uh, it should be interesting. So moving on to the early kick off on Saturday, um, Rangers versus Celtic. How do you see that one going? It's Ibrox, isn't it? Like, yeah, Ibrox. Yeah, final old, final old farm game for the of the season. I, I think it's a big game. I actually think it's a lot. I think it's bigger than what than what people will say it is because I think Pedro Quinho is really needing to. He's got a point to prove. He needs to. He needs to make yeah. a statement. I think Pedro Quinho is. It's okay doing relatively well in games. I think he's had two. He's had a standout game at Aberdeen, and even at that, people are, are still drawing little lines under it, saying, "Oh, but this was what happened and that happened." It wasn't. It wasn't like we were terrific for the whole he game. Needs, he needs a game where Rangers play terrific from the front uh, to the from the start to the end, and all the players show up. Yeah. If they show up the same team that showed up at Hamden, Celtic are gonna then again are gonna are gonna are gonna beat Rangers and they're gonna. Have a hundred percent a hundred percent record at Ibrox this season, and I'm sure Rangers fans are not going to want that. No, because that'll be that'll be very embarrassing for Rangers, right? We've played so that'll be six times we've played Celtic, mm. right? The and most, if we the fail to beat them, right? If they go undefeated against us throughout this whole season, that is that's just unacceptable. That's there's, not on. There's only so far a draw against Celtic gets you, and I think if Celtic beat them at Ibrox, uh, beat, beat Rangers at Ibrox, already, then I think. It's gonna look bad. It's not gonna look horrible on Pedro Quinho because it's not his squad, but it's not gonna look good on him either because he's got his tactics wrong at Hamden and he needs to show that he can ch- tinker those tactics and still get a result against Celtic. Um, all I'm asking for um, this Saturday is a performance. I just want the players to show a bit of fight, get in Celtic's faces, and it just give us a performance. Just it, it, just make sure it's an improvement from that. Tobacco in Sunday. I tip. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm asking for. I tipped Celtic to lose twice in this split, and one of them was against Rangers, and one of them was going to be against. The There's Aldi. no guarantee they're going to go unbeaten because I, I tipped. That's that was my tip before the split happened. That I thought that Rangers were going to beat them, and Aberdeen were going to beat them. Because obviously they go Ibrox and they go Petardry, so. But it's going. To, it's going to be tough for them. It is. Rangers. I, 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 Rangers will not beat Celtic if they turn up. Oh, no chance. Even even I would even go as far as say even if they turned up slightly better than what they were, they still won't win because that was horrible performance. We cannot play the system we played on Sunday, and we sh- we cannot play Andy Halliday whatsoever. But the thing I think we're just like when you briefly mentioned this, Toral right, the game at Parkhead. There's a lot of rumours going around on Twitter, the internet. The game at Parkhead, he got injured, I think, on the day, or uh, some back injury or whatever it was, right? Got injured on the day, didn't play. Same thing happened again uh, with the semi-final. He'd done his warm-up. He turned up in his suit, done his warm-up, then he got injured, apparently. A lot of rumours are going around saying that he, he was too nervous to play in the game. But we'll find out this Saturday, see if the rumours are true. But if that's true, 
kick the cat out of the door. Yeah, it's actually why is he playing for a team like Arsenal? I know because I know. they're going to play. They they play big fixtures, and if he ever has any ambition to play in the Arsenal first team, he's going to have to play more than and a massive game like the old firm. He, Come on, if you've not got the guts to play in he's that, he's going to have to play in Chelsea games and Tottenham games. He's going to have to play Man U games. He's going to have to play in older games. Yep. So all I'm asking for is just a performance this Saturday. And uh, so we'll move on. Um, Aberdeen versus St Johnson. I think uh, Aberdeen versus St Johnson. You know, I mean, if you're an Aberdeen fan, I mean, you just want more of the same from what you got last time at McDermott Park. Uh-huh. Three points. However, you get them, just get them. I think this week, this weekend, all but can confirm second place for Aberdeen. If if Rangers lose to Celtic, and Aberdeen win against St Johnson, that is it's confirmed. But yeah, I would say so. because it's although the the worst case scenario is Rangers would make up all the points, but still probably not make up the goal difference. Mm-hmm. But they, I just don't want we just don't want any Scottish Cup hangover. Just got to keep just keep getting the three points and then to put put the put the final to the back of the mind. Yeah, and of course. Go. Yeah, that's what I would do if I was uh, Derek McInnes. But it's gonna be a tough ask because so St Johnson. Very solid. St. Johnson can still. Side. It's a very outside chance, but I suppose if you're Tommy Wright, you're going to be saying to St. Johnson, oh, we can still catch Rangers, but that's probably unlikely. But St. Johnson's, no. point, St. Johnson's point of view is just don't let Hearts back in or, or part it because you don't know who can steal that position. But as it stands, St. Johnson will get Europa League, so St. Yeah. Johnson just need to keep hold of fourth place. So Hearts versus Partick Thistle? That's an interesting game. I mean, I'm, 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 see, ever I, since Ian Caffles took over at Hearts, I'm just so intrigued by them now. I, think like, I, just, I see every Hearts game, I always look out to see how they're doing. I think that's an interesting game because you've got Hearts coming in who can still be caught by Partick Thistle. And could you imagine if they beat them at Tynecastle? Could you imagine if Partick Thistle went to Tynecastle, took the three points, and I'm not. The pressure I, will only intensify on Ian Caffles. I'm not sure the points gap, but I'm not sure. Sh- I, f- I, f- I either think Partick could overtake them. Or they could bring themselves within a point. I think I don't. I can't. I can't remember the exact table, but if Partick could go to think it's win, that's going to be very awkward for Ian Caffrey. Just say right, Ian Caffrey goes the rest of the season without winning a game. Of course, he's going to get time in the summer and a bit of time at starting next season. Hearts. But if they start, just say right, they start the first six games really poorly next season. Right, just say they don't. Just say they win one game out of six. How would that? Like, do you think that the board would panic and bin Cafro? Um, I wouldn't rely. I think there's a good chance they would. If he doesn't win a game for the rest of the season, then just say he wins like one game out of the first six. I don't even think he's gonna have that much money to play with. He's in, not. He's in not. Somewhere either because it came out today that Hearts are gonna offer uh, Celtic Rangers and Hibs the full away away section again, like the full stand rather than the the wee corner. And that's apparently to help fund the cost of their new, the stand, the new, like, yeah, the new part of the stand. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even think he's gonna have a lot of money to play with in the summer. And See, like, basically, I think the only signings Ian Caffrell can make are loanees and free agents. That's it. Uh, they're not gonna. There are some slash decent, out money for there are some decent player. players that you can still get for very low contracts or pick up in the free uh, free uh, the free agency, but. I would say the championships are a good market. Like sorry, the championship Scottish championships are a very good market to look into. I think I think Ian Caffrey he needs to make sure he doesn't go winless through this top six because a club like Hearts should not be going out the top six split and being the whipping boys. I think mean, that's not what Hearts fans want. It's not what the board want. It's not what the players should want if you're playing for a team like Hearts as well. But I, th- I think if they lose the party, there's a very strong possibility that they might not even finish fifth, and they could probably finish. Six. Mate, 
the way Hearts are playing. Yeah, I'm not ruling out. I think there's a a real good chance they could finish six. There's a real solid chance. I think the way they're going is, I wouldn't rule out they could finish with less points than Kilmarnock. And Kilmarnock are sitting seventh. Obviously, there, there will be no there'll be no movement. Yeah. But which I don't understand. I, don't I, I, I think they should be able to move if you finish yeah, points. Yeah. Unless, it. of course, it has ramifications for relegation because then it comes a bit. Yeah. But. I wouldn't know like they could finish with less points than Kelly because the way they're playing is just not not yeah. good enough to play against the top t- no. the top sides. So Hamilton Kamarnock, I could pretty much I could pretty much confirm that Kelly won't be in any any relegation danger. I, I could probably see a Kelly win. I can I can see a Kelly win there. No, so can I. Yeah, I think Hamilton are for me uh, pretty much safe now. Hamilton are safe and. Kelly, it's just it's, uh, I, I don't pretty, it's, a, it's a game it doesn't I wouldn't go as I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it doesn't mean much but it's I the least say, interesting game on the, the picture list I would not say that Hamilton are safe I mean if they need to keep like, keep picking up points I don't think Hamilton can re- a point uh, a point I think would do them fine I think because I think Hamilton are at home I think Hamilton have got to look at more than just picking up a point fair enough Kelly is going to be a tough ass to beat them but if they can get the three points that would then push them further away because the teams, from a Hamilton perspective, if Inverness win on Friday night, Hamilton are going to know that then Inverness are closer. Obviously, Dundee are kicking off at the same time as them, so they won't know that either. But if Hamilton need to keep winning, they can't just rest that they're not sitting 11 or yeah. 12. So, the the final game of the weekend, Motherwell Dundee. Neil McCann's first game in charge at Dundee. This is a massive game for both teams. Dundee's it last, really is. Dundee's last win came against. Model at it's massive. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing well the highlights of this game and seeing how it goes. So it'll be interesting. How do you see it going? Like, it's hard to predict when you you McCann in charge first game. He's never managed before. He was assistant manager uh, with Jim Jeffries at Dunfermline. It's, I said it's really interesting. I was. I, I've always. Said, I said for a while that I thought Dundee were not going to be in this position. And they 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 now are in this position, and I think that Neil McCann's got a very big job on his hand, on his hands because you don't want to be in that relegation point if you're Dundee. I mean, Dundee are not a club that should be in that position, and their fans are not going to accept going down. But at the same time, I don't know what to expect. I mean, you know what to expect from Motherwell. You're going to see a very compact performance. They're going to be looking to use their players at Louis Moult and even a uh, even though we touched on the podcast last week a couple of weeks ago they were very fortunate to beat Inverness and they were, they weren't even great they were they were, they were it was fortunate. a slice of luck they were fortunate but you seen the players they were trying to involve from Dundee I don't I don't know what I don't know what Neil McCann's going to do I think I'm intrigued by it I they've really got to am. change something and I don't know what Neil McCann's going to go for but yeah I hope Neil McCann does well of course but uh, you might be. The, and the, the opposite view to me but <laughs> I think if, if Dundee win then I think they'll climb back out the relegation yeah. playoff and that changes the perspective completely because they've now got four games left they've got a win and they could easily start pushing up the table but yeah so it's, I'm looking forward to it. all the best Neil McCann so before we go I'm going to ask you score predictions for each game I should have done that when I was uh, when we were talking about the, the games so Inverness Ross County I'm, uh, I'm going to go for a, a controversial and I'm going to go 2-1 Inverness I think Inverness are going to win the Highland Derby. I'm going to say it will be 1 0 Ross County. Um, Rangers versus Celtic. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to go 1 0 Celtic. I'm going to go 1 each. Um, Aberdeen versus uh, St Johnson. Um, I think Aberdeen are going to edge it, edge it again 2 1. I'm going to say. I'm actually going to say this. I'm going to say it's going to be 1 each. Another. One each. 
Um, Hearts Party Thistle. Uh, one each. No, no. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to go for a boring no, no draw. That'll be two in a row for Ian Cathro. Um, Hamilton versus Kilmarnock. Uh, two, two no Kelly. I'll go two one Kelly. And the uh, Motherwell versus Dundee. Oof. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm going two nil Dundee. Two nil Dundee. I'm going for. I'm going. I'm going to. I think because there was a change. Like it was a change, Hartley's bend and Neil McCann's been brought in. I think that'll bring some life to the Dundee players. And yeah. McCann's quite a likable guy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Dundee 1 and say 1 0 Dundee. 1 0 Dundee. Dundee are going to edge it. But I think since Neil McCann's came in, he's quite a likable guy. He seems like he's quite a, a motivator. Knows what he's talking about. But then again, this could be. Got a, get, he's got to get out of the Sky Sports studio and get on the train. Of course, like, that's the thing. This could be a massive, massive success. Or it could be just another Gary Neville. We'll wait and see. So. Um, John James, thank you very much for being on the podcast and we, uh, we will, we will uh, be back next week for another episode of Scott Scott and until next time guys, uh, take care and I'll see you soon.